Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome back to Spiritual Path on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Kim Gilster, the Spiritual Synergist. I am now a life coach. <laughs> I'm, I am still a psychic, but um, I don't offer psychic readings anymore. And I have invited four back today um, to discuss Ascension Beyond Symptoms. Hello, Fleur. How are you today? Hi, Kim. I'm good today. I'm a little bit spaced out. <laughs> um, I hear we have a Pisces moon, but um, I'm good. I'm very, very good. And I love the subject. I'm really excited about the subject. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's a really complicated That's subject. Good. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. and what I don't know if we've mentioned it on the show before, but Flora is actually um one of my students, um, one of my yeah. clients. And yeah, and she's been coming along quite nicely. Um, so to start off I wanted to define what ascension is because it seems as though people, you know, while they think they might know what it is. They seem a little bit confused at times as to what ascension is. I read a lot of articles out there. Um, there's, you know, that feeling of, oh, it's just like nirvana, ah, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> all this and that, you know, this space where there's not going to be, you know, any challenges anymore because you have ascended, like, as if there is such a space, which is not. Um, but what people are really talking about when they're talking about being ascended or um, ascension in and of itself has more to do with um, evolution and expansion. So ascension involves evolution and expansion. Okay? So um, I think we need to sort of define those two terms out as well because people um, get confused about that. So I wanted to, you know, tackle evolution. I happen to be an expert in evolution, since I have a master's degree in anthropology. Um, <laughs> and I'm very, very well-versed in, um, in Darwinism, and, um, and not Darwinism as, you know, a complete school of thought. There are those people. Um, but that is not the way that um, science views things. Um, but evolution, okay, so evolution um, basically works like this. Um, we hear this term survival of the fittest. People are confused about what survival of the fittest means because they hear it a lot from people like politicians who don't really understand the term. Um, essentially what that means is the species' ability to adapt to their environment. So the species that is the fittest is the fittest to actually be in their environment and thrive and survive. Um, that can at times look like some sort of physical strength, but at other times it's something different. Most often it's something different. Um, one of the examples that's normally given in basic evolution courses um, are these particular butterflies who at one point were a species of butterfly that was very, very pretty. Um, there are all of these different colors. Unfortunately, a particular lizard came in and started eating them. Their environment changed. Um, and so they almost went extinct, but they adapted. What happened was that the butterflies started mating with other butterflies that were this kind of brownish, grayish color because there were trees that were that exact same color in their environment. And so now they could meld into the trees um, and just sit up against the trees, and the lizard couldn't spot them and eat them. So that would be survival of the fittest. The ugly butterflies became the fittest butterflies comparatively to the pretty butterflies. Um, instinctively, we would think that the pretty butterflies would be, you know, the fittest butterflies, but in that case, they're actually not. Um, and human beings are, are very similar <laughs> in many, many ways. Um, Right, yeah. So our environment in this, you know, energy ascension is changing. Um, and so it's up to us to adapt to it and to become the fittest to be able to adapt to that environment. That would be the essence of the evolution occurring. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I also mentioned expansion. So people say things like, well, I'm awake. Great. That means that now that person has more of an awareness than they used to have. What they're usually referring to is actually um, being in touch with, you know, more in touch with their essence, with their spirit, with their core self. Okay? That gets lit off more the more that we go inward, the more that we, you know, feel our heart center, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's great. We need to do that. Okay? When we do that, when we get really in touch with that, though, something occurs. Several things occur. We feel this, like, high, if you will. But it's this feeling of home. Okay? The problem becomes that the spirit doesn't care about anything but expanding its awareness. The big part, the biggest reason why it came here was to expand its awareness and then also, um, in doing so, expand the awareness of the collective. The collective here on the earth plane and then the collective beyond the earth plane. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's all very interesting, isn't it? it but it doesn't even have desires. Right. It doesn't yeah. actually have desires. Okay. All it wants is to just be. It just wants to be, it, it, you know, it finds so many things fascinating and you know, it's like, oh, look at I'm expanding. It doesn't understand suffering, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it did not have the only one desire it has is to expand. End of story. So what I've been seeing occurring with people often, okay, through being more aware of this ascension, um, having a lot of people, you know, having ascension symptoms, et cetera, around me, et cetera, you know, and so forth. And, I mean, this has been happening to me for, you know, the better part of, like, something like 25 years um, to some extent. But lately, I see these people, and they suffer a lot through this ascension. And I'm watching them, and I'm seeing that they're suffering more than is really necessary. And I've been asking myself, you know, why, why are these people suffering so? Right? Why is it that they're suffering through this and I'm not as much? I'm experiencing things. Quite certainly. Mm. Yes. Yeah. You you and I know that, you know, we discussed it, right? Yeah. 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 But but I'm not suffering. Okay. I'm not and I'm also not getting these like really high highs. Hmm. With that, I'm not getting the really low lows, right? Mm. Trust me, there are so, times that, you know, but it lasts for a very short amount of time. Where it's like, boom, wow, you know, something happened. Um, mostly what I'm feeling over the past, I'd say, you know, a couple of years, it's more, um, you know, that my DNA being really, you know, evolving, is my DNA is really evolving, right? <laughs> so yeah, uh, you get you know some physical symptoms, yeah, but it's not this like serious, profound stuff, okay? And why? Because I understand several things. The first one and the most important thing is this: is that I'm not looking for a high. Okay, I'm not in a space of avoidance. I'm not just trying to be in that space of being just my spirit. Okay, mm. I understand that I have or I'm in a body. Okay, and I understand that I have a soul. And those few things are very much a part of being here in this now, in the space of the earth plane. Something that I chose to do. Okay? And this is true of everyone. This is not just me. This is just the basics of being on the earth plane. Okay? 
So I don't get to a space of like, oh, you know, I'm really high. Oh, I'm really low. Because that's the thing. Balance must be achieved. If you're looking for a high, there's going to be a low, at least eventually, that's going to come up to meet it. Okay? And part of the reason for that is avoidance. You know, what I'm really talking about here is polarity consciousness. Mm. Okay? Polarity consciousness is the main thing that actually causes suffering here on your life. Okay? That there's always this thought process of, you know, opposing forces, good, bad, black, white. Absolutely. I was going to say, there's a slight idea that spirituality means peacefulness and happiness all the time. And then to be on the earth means suffering all the time. And then this, you know, good and bad polarity. Right, you have you have so you have like two these two you and I and we talked about this at one point. Yeah, you have these like two um, schools of thought. So you you know main yeah. schools of thought that that I've been able to observe. So yeah. you have the people and and both of these schools of people, okay, feel like okay, I'm doing I'm doing the right thing. So you have the the mm-hmm. positive school, right? So the positive school goes, oh, yes, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, think positively. You know, if I just think positively and, you know, what, what is positively, okay? Therein lies the question. But then you have the people that say, oh, okay, well, I'm going to embrace my pain, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, and then they're sitting over there, they're just like suffering and suffering and stewing and stewing because, they're just, you know, they're into this, you know, like you see a lot of like emo people or goth people or people who identify themselves as, well, I'm an empath or, or whatever. Those are the, the suffering, suffering people <laughs> for the most part, right? <laughs> yeah. Or even just the people yeah. that say, well, I'm a realist, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, th- those yeah. people, you know, I mean, at least they're willing to like say, okay, you know, I'm going to embrace some sort of pain. But yeah. they're hanging yeah. on to the pain. So they're hanging on to the low, if you will. Yeah. Okay. And then you have the, so they're avoiding the high, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. And then you have, right, and then you have the people who are the positive people that are hanging on to the high or trying to hang on to the high. And, again, yeah. they're both just trying to do this. Um, but they're hanging on to the high and then, you know, and avoiding whatever they think the low is, okay? Where in all actuality, there is no high or low. It's just what you create. It's your perception. Right. How interesting. Is it? Yeah, I mean, I know. Oh, come on, I know I've you never heard you put it that way. It's just like, like, but of course, I have heard you put it that way. It's just, you know, I haven't sort of heard it encapsulated like that that's fascinating right. we just we, it's what we create exactly is what we everything want. is what we create yeah. right yeah so yeah. the positive people think okay well i just want to create what i want but at the same time it's like well yeah but things are going to come into your reality okay to challenge you so you can expand hmm Right. And oftentimes what we think we want is not what we really want because we haven't reprogrammed. Yeah. So what we think we want are things that we've been told that we want, right? Like, for instance, you see people that are, like, constantly being in, you know, some form of codependent. They're trying to be what they think everybody else wants them to be. Or I even see people who they come in, you know, they come in and they say, well, you know, I have this awareness of this certain thing, Kim, but, you know, I can't tell my clients that. They wouldn't be able Mm. to hear it. They wouldn't be ready for it. Mm. So, see, they see things as a hierarchy as well. Polarity Mm. consciousness. Hierarchies are polarity consciousness. I'm not that. 
they're the other. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, like the idea that something is more loving or more spiritual or someone is more, more pure. Aware. And so they're more, so they're better. So they're more trustworthy. Correct. Not necessarily the case. Right. So something that we were talking about yesterday, so say, you know, something that somebody might perceive as being, say, negative, right? Nothing exactly right. negative. It's just something you don't want to be in alignment with. Sometimes. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, like, everyone knows they've had, you know, an argument with a friend where their friend is upset about something that they would never be upset with themselves and vice versa and both are calling the other mm-hmm. one wrong for being upset so what is negative it's really just what you've decided you don't want right correct but oftentimes if it keeps coming into your reality apparently there is part of you that wants it yes because there's <laughs> right because there needs to be something something needs to be healed or it wouldn't keep coming into your reality Right, and so if you don't know... At least it wouldn't be coming into your reality as something that didn't feel good. Right. Because sometimes it's just your perception of it being negative is why it doesn't feel good when in all actuality, if you were in a space of surrender to it, if you said, well, okay, well, why does this keep coming into... Why are you here? That's the first question that we always ask, particularly with something Mm. that doesn't feel good to us. Mm. Why are you here? What are you here to show me? I've aligned with you. Okay. Particularly if, if it's something that keeps aligning over and over and over and over and over again. Okay? So maybe I'm on social media and, you know, people keep talking about something that, you know, is really, you know, kind of doesn't feel good to me. Well... The, the more evolved thing to do, if you will, okay, that will suit uh, your expansion is to actually look at it and go, well, why do you keep aligning here? What is this alignment? What is it that it is that I need to look at? Mm. Okay. But people are very quick to judge instead. And again, other putting them back into that polarity consciousness. Mm. Right? It doesn't yeah. mean that we can't observe either because that's something else that the positive camp doesn't do. So they get to a point where everything is acceptable because I've seen this too. Okay, everything is acceptable. So therefore, everything that somebody is doing or, you know, anything that anybody is doing is just, well, you know, it's acceptable. Is it? Or is this person, and it depends, okay, it's dependent on many things, um, but if something is actually where you can clearly see something causing suffering for someone, Mm. is that really acceptable? Mm. Okay. Again, it doesn't make it a negative. It's just not really like, oh, okay, well, I don't want to suffer, so maybe, you know, something else can be done. Or maybe not. Because the thing is, is that that person can also begin to align it with wanting to suffer. Yeah. Because on some level, they feel like that is, you know, serving them. So, hey, you know, then they need well, to be yeah. allowed to have that, right? But in the, in the context in which you've begun this conversation, the collective is expanding. Mm-hmm. So that's okay to mm-hmm. observe uh, because it's you know it's because I'm not going to say the collective all wants the same thing but I'm saying the collective is expanding <laughs> we're all expanding <laughs> <laughs> no the collective doesn't want the same thing that's no, the that's the part of the fallacy too it doesn't want the same thing Right, we're all unique beings. (laughs) Right, we're all unique beings. So we all came here with our own uniqueness and our own, you know, missions, as it were. Everyone has a mission. Yeah. You know, there aren't people who are somehow more special 
than that. Everybody has their vision. Okay, and it's just, again, it's perception. There's a perception as to whether or not, you know, oh, this person's mission is, you know, more worthy or better than the other person, you know. But those are just conditions and labels that we put on things, aren't they? Yes. And they they do come... Because we can feel... Right, because we can feel the Mm. same ways or expand in some of the same ways. You know, the, 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 the possibilities of how are just pretty much endless. Okay. So just because somebody, say, has gone through more suffering, okay, doesn't mean that they're more aware and more expanded than the person who happened, necessarily. Mm. Well, oftentimes... Right. Well, oftentimes that can be the case. Mm. Not always. Particularly when you have a person who's just like all in in their suffering, you know, and is doing that thing where they're like, oh, oh, well, yeah, you know, I mean, being defensive and, you know, always like looking for not trusting. So always looking, you know, for the problem, as it were. Okay. Mm. That person is not in a space of trust, whereas... Maybe you have this other person over here, okay, who hasn't gone through as much suffering, but they're in more of a space of trust, okay? At the same time, the person might have less awareness because they haven't gone through suffering of certain things, right? Yes. So it might be easier for them to sort of get bamboozled and not be able to see certain things that are going on because we observe that. We observe that in what people call, you know, like privilege, if you will. You know, which that's mm. a whole different uh, definition of stuff, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we, but we do. We observe, um, or we have less observation. You know, the less sort of that we've gone through, actually, in a lot of ways. Um, mm. And people get that confused. So I want to talk about, you know, since we're talking about ascension here, um, ascended beings. Okay, so people get the idea that um, that there are people who are born a certain way, say, you know. Um, there are people who are certainly born with more capacity when, when they come into this awareness of being here on the earth plane. That's true, okay. But what they do with that capacity is an entirely different thing, Okay. So you might have somebody who is, you know, say born with a, a certain, you know, a higher or, or more of a capacity, more of an awareness than, you know, the average human being. Okay? Mm. Right. That could be true. Okay? Um, and say that person, right, as a child is taken to a monastery of some sort and they spend their lives living in this monastery and their whole life is not about anything but meditation and, um, you know, being around this sort of unconditional love space. That's a wonderful thing. However, their perspective of the world and life is highly limited. Mm. They haven't gone through the challenges that the everyday person does. People who, you know, grow up and go to regular school and might get bullied and might get jogged in all those ways that grow up with their parents and, you know, and have all of, you know, the things going on with our families, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, right. So this person, and there's, you know, there's different schools of thought, but, you know, but I'm going to tell you this person when they come to a person, it's like they can't see energies going on because they've, like, worked on that their whole life. They might have, you know, like, special abilities, um, if you will. <laughs> okay. But they're not that integrated. Okay. Yes, integrated. So, <laughs> right. So then being able to come to... A person who is dealing with being married and having a job and having children and so on and so on and so forth is highly limited in certain ways. 
okay? They have the tools to know how to live in that monastery, okay? But their energies, their DNAs, and all of these different things have not been challenged in other ways. Right. They haven't learned and evolved, right, because they've adapted to their environment and their environments in the monastery. Right. Okay. So the challenge then becomes when do you, how do you take the two things, right, and that's what we're going through in this ascension. Okay. So yeah. how do you take essentially what is sort of like these two spaces of being that have been like historically what we have seen? So you have, you know, like whatever, the, the priest in the church or, you know, the monk or, you know, the nuns and whomever, okay? And they've always sort of like been these like pillars that, and these people that, you know, they ran temples and churches and things of this nature. And they largely live, you know, outside of society. Um, and then you, you've had like the regular people and they've always just sort of looked up to them like, oh, okay, they have all these like special things and I can go to them and they can make me feel better. And it's, with, it's always been more like sort of getting a fix for the common person. But now mm-hmm. we're being asked to, and, you know, and this isn't the first time um, if somebody wants to look it up, um, there is a gentleman or was a gentleman by the name of Lahir Mahashaya. He's at least one of them that I know of. Uh, he was one of the first in um, the yoga, yoga tradition um, in Hinduism to um, be a guru and be a householder, is what he called it, okay? Cool. So in other words, you know, he had a regular job and he had a wife and children and, you know, had his home and so on and so forth and worked to, you know, be an enlightened being and teach other people to be an enlightened being and, you know, have whatever a regular life, you know. Mm-hmm. And at the time, this was, you know, and I believe it was the 1800s and, you know, so things were very different than in a lot of ways than they are now. Um, but he was one of the first to show that, you know, this is very necessary. It is possible as part of human evolution. Okay, so I see a lot of people that they're wanting to sort of go backwards. Um, I don't, I don't think that I've mentioned this, but you know, I, again, my degree is in anthropology, but the emphasis is archaeology. So, I and I also have um, a history degree, a BA. Um, so I know a lot about history, <laughs> so to speak, a whole lot, um, and human behavior. Um, and for those that don't know, archaeology is actually the study of human behavior of the past. It's not the study of relics. It's not Indiana Jones, even though I really love those movies. They're fun. Um, <laughs> not what an archaeologist looks like. Uh, archaeologists also don't have anything to do with dinosaurs, really. Okay. Um, those are paleontologists. Yeah. <laughs> archaeologists study human behavior of the past. That's what archaeologists study. Okay? They are human behavioral scientists. Yes, they are. Um, so, anyway, why did I go on into this whole thing about history? So, <laughs> now I remember. So, are you um, talking about the, the reason why? No, I, I understand. Right. Right, right, I understand. So that's the thing is that people people um, oftentimes will, you know, look at teachings of the past. Teachings of the past have a lot of validity. Don't get me wrong, okay? And nobody's reinventing the wheel, so to speak, here when it comes to the basic physics. The basic physics are really there if you learn to read between the lines, okay? And if you learn to read things, the mythology as mythology, rather than verbatim. Mm. Okay? Those things are very important. This is why it's also very important to become an educated person. Okay? It doesn't necessarily mean to formally educate, although I would highly recommend it if you have the opportunity. Okay? To really, really seek out an education. I'm very good at helping people with that in my coaching, by the way. Um although I tend to get people who 
already have somewhat of an education. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the thing is that we can't, you know, we can't stay in the past. The environment mm-hmm. that we live in now is very different than the environment in the past, okay? Mm-hmm. Because just like all of the other species of animals on this planet, we can evolve. Okay. Any really good spiritual master does this. This is not a secret. If you read, you know, back into the past, um, there are many, many, many who talk about evolution, talk about, you know, um, man's or human's um, capacities and, you know, the knowing that, you know, things will change. They always do change um, on this planet. It's progress. It's supposed to be that way. Okay. So hanging on to polarity consciousness really prevents our evolution. Mm-hmm. More than anything, it causes judgment. I mean, even in the Bible, it says, judge not, lest you be judged. But how do you get out of that space of judgment? It's very difficult. Yeah, absolutely, because like you were saying, if you're from a positive camp, then you have a lot of judgment about things that you don't want in your reality as being wrong. So are you really that positive? Say again. <laughs> I was saying, no, you're right, because if you're from the positive camp, you're actually making a lot of judgments because you have a lot of stuff you don't want in your reality as wrong. You, as Correct. Rejection. Yeah? Correct. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So because yeah, because what you'll be doing is, is percep- your perception is your reality, right? So what you'll be doing is saying like, okay, like for instance, take a relationship. Well, you know, I have this relationship. I've been married for 20 years or whatever. You know, I get along very well with my, you know, spouse. Um, and so that's positive for me. That feels good to me. There's another person over here who has been single for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. So you might come to them and think like, oh, you know, and I've seen people do this. They do this often, um, especially because I've been a single person for most of my life. I get this. Um, and they come and they say, you know, oh, you must be unhappy. Yeah. That not being in a relationship for 20 years is a negative. No, it's just different. Yeah. I mean, who, right, we have these rules that you have to be in a relationship to be successful, in a successful relationship to be a successful person, to be happy. Correct. But that's not altogether true. Now, that being said, people should be able to have successful relationships. I've had plenty of successful relationships in my life, personally. You know? Right. And it can last 20 years. <laughs> Absolutely. So it doesn't mean just because you're a single, a single person, that your relationships haven't worked out. They've been great, right? Right. And actually, my Isn't last yeah. four are mm. still very much a part of my life. Mm. You know. Yeah. One of which is is become you know family. <laughs> So, again, it's just it's the relationships didn't leave. They just changed. They just evolved. They became, actually, in some ways, more than had I hung um, on to them. Huh? Yeah, our concept of relationships is evolving, and sometimes what you get is people trying to go backwards, like you were saying earlier. They're trying to go backwards, in a way. Well, what it is is they're trying to, yeah. Yeah. Even within within relationship, okay? So people evolve, people expand their awareness, okay? Yeah. 
And while, yes, you don't want to just, like, you know, throw people away who love you or whatever, um, you still, as part of the unconditional love space, need to be able to recognize, oh, okay, this has evolved into something else. Mm. Mm. Okay. And actually, sometimes it's more loving to let go if that's what's appropriate. Correct. Absolutely. Does pain come from that? Yes, pain comes from that. Yeah. But pain is imminent. So let's talk about pain, shall we? Hmm. (laughs) Because pain doesn't have to mean suffering. Yes, that was the thing that was on my mind too. Right, okay. So how do we then... How do you define what's the difference between pain and suffering pain? How do you, how right. do you define that? So if I so if I know okay like let's take let's let's use the relationship as an example and and you know letting go of a relationship right? right so I know that most likely if I'm going to let go of a certain relationship there's going to be pain that comes with it why because it's going to give me a space to allow me to expand my awareness and to evolve right. Right. But the more that I resist the breaking up when I can clearly see, consciously see, that this is what is best, most likely what is best, okay, what happens is I begin to suffer. I suffer within the relationship, okay? The other person I'm in a relationship with is also suffering because they're probably getting some of the same stuff, you know, of resisting the pain. That's it. Correct. Suffering happens. So now what you get is toxicity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? And it gets really yeah. ugly. And this is what most people do, okay? Upon breakups, they wait for it to get more and more and more and more and more toxic, right? Mm. Until it becomes so toxic they cannot breathe and they get into these fights or whatever. Now it's like, I hate you. I can blame you, and we have all this polarity consciousness, and also all of this potential to evolve and heal, and so on and so forth, is gone. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes someone can be on one page, and the other can, someone else can be on another, and that's sad when that happens, but that also happens too. How do you mean? Well, for example, for me, it's like if you love someone, set them free. But for another person, it might be, well, if you love someone, you stay with them and work it out. So you can't always agree that the breakup is a good thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Well, I mean, (laughs) right, but I'm, I'm getting at the point of where there's just no going anywhere with it, okay? Yeah, it has to happen anyway, yeah. That's the point I'm not, I'm not talking about. It. Like I said, I preface this by saying that, yes, okay, you should try to work it out. You don't want to just, like, you know, throw away this person or throw away this, you know, relationship that you have or this love with somebody just because. Of course not. Well, no, I'm just saying that when a couple breaks up, one person can be suffering, but the other one is not suffering. Do you see what I mean? And then there's blame because the other person is not suffering. You know, why are they not suffering? People can't understand. Why aren't you suffering? What's wrong with you? (laughs) You Well, I mean, maybe the other person is more involved. In most cases, though, that's not what's occurring. In most cases, what's occurring, you know, again, we, we... you know, we do have to talk in generalities when we talk about human behavior. If we go with the anomalies all the time, then we just get sidetracked. Okay. <laughs> okay. So when we want to talk about anomalies, oh, my God, we can talk about anomalies all day long, okay? And anomalies are great because anomalies help us to look at, you know, the potential mm. for one thing, okay? So they can be great that way, but they, they don't make the generalities wrong, you see what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So, and anomalies also, can, you know, scientists use them all the time. Look at the anomalies and ask yourself, well, why, why did this anomaly occur? A lot of times when you look at the anomalies, you can find a lot of great stuff, answers to things, because you can look at that and say, like, oh, okay, like you just said, that person's not suffering. Why is that person not suffering? Mm. So the person's suffering, if they were looking at the person who's not suffering and asked themselves, like, well, why, why is this person not suffering? Perhaps this person's in your life to teach you how not to suffer through this sort of thing. Mm. And to just embrace pain, because maybe they're in pain, too. Because trust me, if two people are in a relationship together and one of them is in pain, they're both in pain to some extent, yeah. It's just that the one person oftentimes, you know, how they handle the pain is just different from the way the other person, and it doesn't look like they're, you know, sometimes they are suffering too, it just doesn't look like it to the outside world because they're better at doing something like, say, compartmentalizing. Yeah. Or maybe they're just avoiding for that matter. Who knows? I mean, there are all sorts of different possibilities to why this person seems to be not suffering. Because sometimes they are yeah. actually suffering, they just don't look like they're suffering. Yeah. Or when they're around the other person, they, they, yeah. they're not saying, that, you know, oh, I'm suffering, and they're not willing to discuss that. Maybe they're afraid of being vulnerable. Mm. Mm. And really talking about their feelings in the first place, which is why, yeah. you know, because oftentimes you see that in relationships. There's one person who is emotionally unavailable. And the other person who's like, you know, just like an enabler of all of the stuff is always like super emotional and blah, 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 you know, and all that sort of thing, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean because the other person who's emotionally unavailable oftentimes is an introvert. But anyway, but that's the whole relationship stuff. Why? How do we get on this relationship stuff? (laughs) Yeah, but it does it does show how complicated judgments around pain and suffering can be. It really and how you know it can get complicated. You know, right? And we don't so ever know. We don't ever know. You know, I mean, I yeah, I I've been seeing a lot of people lately. Uh, you know, really concentrated around on you know people lying, liar liars. I'm always seeing people online posting things about people lying. And then I have to ask myself, you know, what do you mean they're a liar? Okay. Yeah. How do you know that whatever that person told you isn't something they believe to be true? Or maybe your perception is simply different from theirs. So in their reality, that's true for them, but it's not true for you. Absolutely. That that was something I found really hard and now have more of an awareness about that now. Because right. some people just don't just have a different awareness. So to you it might occur as a right. lie because you have a different awareness. It may, they may not right. be lying. Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so you, you know, that's That's the thing as well. Can you see beyond your own nose? Just because your ascension is a certain way, does that make somebody else's ascension not valid? That's a good question. No, everyone is valid. Not Whatever really? anyone is doing is valid. That's the whole thing. Okay. So that's how, see, this is how we get away yeah. from othering. Because whenever yeah. we say to somebody, I mean, obviously there are people who you know that they're, they are just lying. Okay, so they know they're lying. Like politicians, yes. <laughs> oftentimes politicians say no that they're lying since we're dealing a lot lately with politics. We can talk about that, right? They know yeah. that they're lying, okay? It's obvious that they know that they're lying, okay? Um, but then you have to ask yourself, even when you know someone is consciously lying, why are they lying? Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay? Because guaranteed it's not about you. Mm. Okay. Right. That's the whole thing. When somebody lies to you, it's about them. It's not about you. Yeah. I think that's what it can Even if they're consciously doing it, it's because they have fear. Right. 
Yeah. They're afraid of being vulnerable, at least with whatever it is that they're lying about. Mm. Mm. They're afraid of not being approved of. Mm. There's all kinds of fear behind that, right? Yeah. Why are you lying? Right? They're trying to win favor. They're trying to win approval. You know, and the politicians are trying to win your trust. Um, I'm just trying to be positive. Because there's that whole thing with them, too. See, I got, like I, I was talking about earlier, you know, people who are coaches and saying, well, my clients, they could deal with that, right? So the politician looks at that sometimes and goes like, oh, you know, but, but this is what they're telling themselves, which is like oh, obviously not true and most of the time. The public can't deal with that. If we were to say yeah. that it would cause this, this, and this, well, sometimes that can be true, too. Yeah. I mean, there is a way to talk to a country, definitely. You don't want to cause panic, but I think it's definitely overused. Right, so the challenge becomes in not necessarily not telling the truth, right, or not being, you know, completely open and vulnerable. It's the delivery. Mm. That's right. How do I handle this in the best way possible? Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, there's potential for honesty, 100%. It's just the delivery. Exactly. And yeah. also timing. Timing can have a lot to do with things. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But when but when we say when we, you know, other these these other people, right? When we other when we're othering of people, mm-hmm. you know, we, we get into our ego space. Egotistical space is what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'm better than, and I know this, and you know, like you just can't accept it, and I am superior to you, and okay. Or conversely, you know, the other uh, there are other people that they do feed into that. You know, they want a person who to be their teacher or their coach or whatever that they feel is superior to something. Okay. Right. And yes, okay, I know with me, oftentimes it is the case. I mean, I have friends who are masters, and I'm thankful for that. Um, but yeah, oftentimes people come to me, and yes, they are not in the same, you know, space of awareness and, you know, et cetera, and all of the things that I worked really hard to earn. Um, but I don't look down on them in any way, shape, or form. They're just in an a different state of their evolution than I am. And their awareness just needs more expansion, and I'm going to hold the space for that. It's not about, oh, I know this and you don't. And everyone, every last person who comes to me challenges me and allows me to expand my awareness. Mm. Do you see? Yeah. Right. And it's a matter of surrendering and getting out of the way to allow that to happen. Yeah. Not pigeonholing yourself, right? Because, for instance, I was yeah. pigeonholed by the twin flame thing. Yeah. Personally. You know, for a while. I was okay with that for a while. And, you know, that was, you know, where I was at. And I always knew that, you know, I'm going to, you know, expand beyond that. I'm a very expensive person. I always have been. Okay? I learn, I grow, and I expand. I learn, and each thing that I use to learn and grow and expand is just another weapon in my arsenal, as it were, as as a (laughs) spiritual warrior. (laughs) Right? As a guide. As, yeah, you know? And so I welcome them. I mean, I welcome pain. But because I welcome pain, it's not like I don't really, I don't suffer. It's just, oh, okay, you know, this is what's going on. Oh, my gosh, you know, like something hit my heart, and I feel like, oh, suicidal for the moment or something's going on. Wow, you know. But I'm not in resistance. I'm not sitting there going like, oh, my gosh, you know. No. 
Okay, and it's yeah. not because I'm in resistance. It's not because I refuse it because I'm going to be positive. It's just because I go, okay, why are you here? Oh, look, you're teaching me something. Okay, let's see. We bring it on. Let's have fun with this, okay? And in yeah. that way, I guess you could say in people's minds that should be a positive way of dealing with something if you want to call something positive, but it really is just what it is. I understand that pain comes to me because it is there to teach me. Well, think about how far I've come. There is some yes. sort of space of kind of resistance or something. You, you know, being my mm-hmm. coach, I've come so far in a, just a year, less than a year of you being my coach, and that's one of the tools you gave me. Is how to sit with the pain and how to reprogram and be how to be with pain, not to resist the pain. That's been a big part of it because I was so avoidant before. And that's, that's, you know, one of the reasons why I've expanded so rapidly. Right. Or like you mentioned earlier, too, you know, this thing with, like, the Pisces um, uh, new moon. It's a new moon. And, um, you know, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the eclipse and whatnot, right? Yeah. yeah. So what do you do? You you know, instead of, what, what do you do? You find, like, okay, this is my space. Like, every morning I wake up and I go, okay, energy, what is the energy of today? Right? Yeah. I look for the space of not being in what my first spiritual teacher, Mary, would say, not being in resistance to the universe. Yes. <laughs> okay. So this is what's on my agenda today. I have my list. I have this. I have that. Okay. And I'm just going to, like, go along with, you know, what is the energy that's that's happening today with the universe. And through that, then I expand. I move forward. I'm always moving forward through that. When I'm in resistance, going like, oh, my God, there's this one fancy thing, and there's this, and oh, my God, and oh, my God, like I see people do all the time. And I see people read art, or write articles, and they're going like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be like this. It's going to be like this. And, you know, and people just go crazy with it. And it's like, oh, you know, look at I Instead, I go like, oh, this is Pisces. Oh, wow. It's like all encompassing, you know, like the Pisces energy encompasses, you know, all of the energies of all of the rest of, like, the, if you want to call it science, going on, et cetera, et cetera. Yay. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity for me. Okay. Now, the universe show me what does this opportunity look for look like for me right now? What does that look like? Okay. That's it. And through that I can integrate. I can expand. I realize, you know, my desires, um, what they really, really are on a soul level, because that's all connected into our plane, right? Right. Yeah. And there is like a lot less pain and a lot a lot less suffering if there's any suffering at all. It's just not it's, and I'm more and more empowered. I can move forward. Okay. So anyway, we only have like six minutes left and we have somebody who's called in. I don't know if they want to talk to us, but maybe they can for the next five minutes. Oh wow, great. Hello? Hi, welcome to Spiritual Path. Hi, thank you for your show. You're welcome. I thought maybe you had a question. Um, yeah, you can. What about my love life? Something. What do you see for my love life? Oh, we're not doing psychic readings, darling. Sorry. I don't even do psychic readings anymore. Yeah. I know what kind of question when you said question. That's fine. I understand. Question. Okay, no problem. You You have a lovely day. Okay, bye. Hello. Hello. Hi. (laughs) But Flora does do psychic readings right now. I do. I just thought she's just doing them locally. (laughs) (laughs) Just not, not, just not on the show. Yeah, this isn't our psychic reading show. Yeah, yeah. Um, So if you want to, you know, book an appointment with her, her, um, her link to her website, etc., is down below. So you can do that. Um, 
And for me, I am a life coach, okay? Um, basically, I help people with just about anything going on in their life. Um, I'm about self-empowerment, self-love, um, and just really, you know, evolving. Um, whatever it is, whatever your challenges are, they can be overcome. Um, many, many, I have reviews on Facebook. If you go to Kim Gilster, the spiritual synergist on Facebook, you can see uh, my reviews there. Um, what else? Oh, my website is kimgilster.com. I also have a YouTube. I need to get back into making more videos, I think, but I've been contemplating that. Um, I also did um, contribute a chapter to a recent book called Resilient. You'll see it as um, it was put together by a wonderful friend of mine, Kelly Fitzgerald. Um, so if you put in Resilient and Kelly Fitzgerald um, into Amazon, it is for sale there. Um, I believe it's also on Barnes & Noble. Um, and it is a book about domestic violence and thriving and overcoming it and really, you know, being able to be a person of love in spite of it. And there are, I believe, 12 um, contributors to the book. So we all had our own different experiences. We talk about not just, you know, domestic violence as far as in, you know, um, spousal relationships or romantic relationships, but also um, domestic violence happens to children. Um, so some of, us, some of us were, you know, had parents who uh, we suffered through things with. I think we all did. <laughs> Even though, you know, sometimes it just felt, well, it was just emotional. Yeah, but in a way it still felt violent to us as children. Um, so that gets talked about in the book. Um, the book also has um, LGBT people in it. So, you know, if you're a same-sex person, you're a trans person, there could be something in there for you as well. Um, and I think we're going to be taking that show on the road. But um, anyway, again, my website is kimgilster.com. Um, there's videos. You can see the videos on the website, too. Um, there is my writing, um, and you can join in. Um, I do. I put the podcast up on my um, my website whenever they you know go up. So yeah, I guess that's it for today. There you go, <laughs> ascension and Pisces. That is a little bit all, all over the place, but I think it was needed. <laughs> oh, I just. I I mean I woke up in a social mood. I mean, come on. <laughs> but I've had a great yeah. Day. It's a decision. Yeah, yeah right. I've gone with the flow, yeah. and that's really helpful. <laughs> yeah, just go with the flow. Well, Pisces energy really does help that. It really does help it with really flow. It really does, you know? and I'm just totally in the mood for that. I was listening to all my music. It helps you really to like really feel the collective <laughs> and all of that. You know, it's, I know. It has so many benefits, right? Yeah. Yeah. Memories. And then and, and astrologers too a lot of times. Yeah, a lot of times I see a lot of I see astrologers oftentimes saying, Oh well, you know, there's this energy that goes along with this sign and your moon is this or what oh my god, you have this. Well, that's the challenge part. <laughs> there are always challenge parts, but you know, I mean, then you mature. And you take that challenge energy and yeah, you integrate it. This is what expansion is about. And then you integrate it, yes. Exactly. Right. How do, I use this, how do I use this to best serve me? And then once I know how to use it to serve me, serve the collective, you know, I yes. mean, it's a back and forth. But it's always me first. If yes. I don't know yeah. how to use something to serve myself, then how can I help somebody to understand how to use it as well? Right? Absolutely. It's impossible. You coins right there. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. So, so therefore, it's always me first. <laughs> you know, because otherwise, all I'm doing is voicing my opinion to somebody, and again, that causes othering, which is cause, causing an even more polarity consciousness. This polarity consciousness that's just you know has got so many branches and arms. It's it's kind of incredible. But if we can just get to this point of like concentrating on you know the blame and the judgment. And, you know, staying out of, like, you know, negative, positive, et cetera, we're good. 
What a great yeah, show. Fantastic show. And I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Thank you, darling. <laughs> yeah.